What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. If it's your first time on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And today, I'm very excited to share with you guys an interview that I did with the one, the only, Dougley Durong. Uh, Dolphins YouTuber, if you have not checked out his content, pretty sure if you're listening to this, you have uh, because he's a Dolphins staple in the in the YouTube community. Um, so I was able to get an interview uh, and do a little discussion with him about you know everything really relating Miami Dolphins recently. So without further ado, here's my interview with Dougley Durong. Dude, first of all, thank you so much for uh, spending your time tonight on the podcast with us. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm very happy to be on here. Um, yeah, it's Friday night. I'm feeling good. Why not chat about some dolphins? Why not, man? <laughs> so let's just get into it. I don't know if you heard. Um, stuff happened at minicamp, right? Uh, I don't know if you heard, Tua apparently had a rough first day. Uh, it wasn't big news or anything, um, so I'm not sure if you heard about it. Uh Anyway, uh, again, serious, um, you know, the thing I always like to remind myself is what happens when you get a good team and what happens when you have a popular quarterback is your team's going to be talked about more. And that's just like the nature of it. It's that regardless of whether, you know, you're ready for it or not, your team's going to eventually get good. You're eventually going to get that quarterback that we all want. And that comes with the burden, if there is one, of having everything single thing that that quarterback does being talked about um what was your reaction to everything that happened with Tua in minicamp um the media's reaction to it not only national but local and uh how much stock do you put into uh I guess these practices that they're having in June um so essentially what happened you know his five interception day it was <clears throat> nothing. It was a big nothing burger for me on my end. Um, it didn't worry me. I honestly saw it more as him trying things, pushing the boundaries, forcing things in with a wet ball. You know, at, some people are even saying at the points of him throwing those interceptions, it wasn't raining. All right, fine, fantastic. I don't give a crap. It's practice. But that's what practice is for. That's what It wasn't even training camp. It was mini camp. Like training camp is where you really come in and, and – you, you buckle down, you know, OTAs, you install stuff, mini camp, you kind of go through it a little bit more. And then you take your break, you have training camp. Um, I saw it more as, you know, him learning where he could fit the ball in him testing his boundaries and, and learning, okay, here is where I can do it. This is where I shouldn't. All right. I should have thrown this sooner. Should have thrown this later, all that stuff. So him throwing five interceptions in minicamp the first day of minicamp is just a big nothing burger even him throwing six touchdowns the next day is a big nothing burger it, it's i don't care i really don't care and people making it into a big deal makes me laugh because the media loves to flip on people when as soon as they can because the media was up to his butt before <laughs> the hip injury and even after the hip injury, some people were still like, oh, he still could be the number one. Over. Uh, Colin Coward said he could, he should be the number one over Joe Burrow after the hip injury. And now all of a sudden he's shooting him down, saying all these horrible things about him. So I just find it funny how quickly it can change. And that is a, a big reason why a lot of Dolphin fans don't like to it is because the media hyped them up and then they expected a quarterback to come in and throw 300 yards a game. And when he didn't, they, they instantly want to say he sucks. So it's just, I find it ridiculous. And it, I, for me, it gives him more ammo to just play better this season. Dude, I, I first of all, you, you, you said that perfectly. And if I could add anything to that or just, you know, add on to or say the same things you were saying, like the biggest, I think all of us would agree, whether we really, really like to, or whether there's people out there that really don't, or if we're somewhere in the middle, like the number one concern or, not necessarily concerned, but criticism we had on Tua in his first year, for me at least, was just playing conservative, right? I went back, I looked at his stats on games he got benched. He wasn't playing bad, <laughs> just playing very, very conservative, um, which again, injury, rookie, just him, just again, being a rookie, not playing the best. Like it's, I'd much rather a guy play conservative than go out there and throw, you know, interceptions out the wazoo. Um, but like the number one concern I had or criticism was 
I wanted him to be less conservative and more aggressive. And it's crazy to me because I see so many people say the same exact thing. Yet when he goes out there in minicamp, tries to be aggressive, tries to push the ball down the field, they're like, what's he doing throwing all these interceptions? And the way I like to view it is like, look, it's minicamp. And he worded it perfectly, him and Flores. Like, if you're going to make mistakes, which when you're aggressive, we all know it's boom or bust a lot of times. If you're going to be aggressive in practices, it's going to be six touchdowns or six interceptions. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for me, again, I'm like you. I don't really care about – I don't care really at all about the stats, even the touchdowns, because what I care about is – He's like taking those chances. And and the thing that really stood out to me was not only is he taking chances, but we heard so much Flo was trying to make him conservative. Mm-hmm. He was scared that Flo was going to bench him because he was conservative. I love the fact that Coach Flores is just like, dude, go out there and and do you. Like, don't, don't be scared that you're going to throw an interception. Um, and I think you're going to see it pay off. Like, I, I think that right now, again, he's testing. He's mm-hmm. testing his new body that he has, which we'll talk about a little bit right now with Nick Hicks. You know, he goes on Finside and talks about how two is like in a different place physically than even where he was at Bama. Cause he didn't train that much. Um, you know, I guess what are you excited to see about Tua from what you heard in the interview? Um, and also again, like just what do you expect for him trying out these new things with his body that he wasn't able to do even kind of last year? A lot of what people don't understand is when it comes to a quarterback and their and their arm strength, a lot of people think it has to do with the arms. You know, oh, he's got a big arm. He's got a big cannon. It's the hips. You have the, it's the, it's the motion of the hips that lower drives body. the ball. So to not being a hundred percent, whether you believe it or not, really did dictate how he threw the deep ball. So with that, you know, that Hicks interview on Finside the NFL, opened up a lot of things that people needed to know and, and, you know, how he's working with a ton of other players around the dolphins and, and, and expectations on all that. Um, but when it comes to Tua and him being aggressive, I find it funny that people wanted that, you know, that I want the aggression. Um, for me, it was more uh, stop being afraid of yourself because there was times where he would see a pass open and he would second guess himself and then throw it and it would get completed or it wouldn't. But the reason it got completed or wouldn't was because of that split second. Like if you watch his film, there's a lot of times he would take a three-step drop and instead of three-step drop, see the open man throw the ball, he would take a three-step drop and kind of do this little hop afterwards, then throw the ball. Like he was, he was second guessing himself a little bit um, too much, but and then, like you said, like a lot of people were like, look at Fitz. Fitz comes in and he throws a touchdown. He's more aggressive. It's because Fitz was in an offense predicated for him for the past five years. Two was in an offense he's never ran before. Justin Herbert was in his offense. Joe Burrow, literally, they took the LSU offense and predicated it for Joe Burrow. So if you watch Alex Collins' film breakdown, he, he talks about it perfectly, how Tua had to learn an offense that wasn't his thing. It wasn't throwing 50-50 balls to Devontae Parker. But then all of a sudden you have the Buffalo Bills game where the Dolphins are down by a huge amount. So now Tua has to be aggressive. He throws three interceptions. And then every all of a sudden everyone's like, this is the game that shows he sucked. And it's like, dude, you, he's aggressive now. And you're saying he sucked, but then when he's conservative and he doesn't lose the game because the defense was the reason we were winning games. And even if Fitz was in there, if Fitz, if Fitz played a full season, I don't think we would have won as many games because I think he would have thrown the ball away a little bit more and the defense would have been out there more. Whereas Tua, he was conservative with the ball. All right, well, you know, I'll go three and out or I'll go, I'll get like two first downs, but I'm not going to turn the ball over because you know, the defense is playing great versus Fitz, who's going to go out there. He'll move the ball down the field, but then he'll throw an interception. And and that and that happened to us a lot in 2019. So a lot of people want that aggress- aggressiveness out of Tua, and I'm hoping it does. And the expectations I have for him is the health. I want to see, you know, we see video of him running and we see video of him throwing and stuff. Don't be afraid. That's the biggest thing that Tua needs to just sit down and realize. Just don't be afraid. And trust yourself because you did it in college against some of the top talent 
continue doing it in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I like, I love what you said about how I was like, so many people forget that like, even though quarterbacks are really important then they make a lot of money, like you do have to give them, like you have to surround them with help. And when, when people say that they automatically think weapons, but I go to scheme, like, if your quarterback's not in a scheme, right? If Lamar Jackson, for instance, doesn't mm-hmm. go to Baltimore and goes to an offense like, I don't know, any other team and is running their offense, you're not getting Lamar Jackson what you've seen so far. Tua last year, again, in my opinion, this is just speculation. Originally, the bye week, I think, was week 11. Yeah. I think Brian Flores was looking at it as, look, we got an injured quarterback with Tua. Worst case scenario, we sit him because we're in playoff contention. We keep fits in even at the bye week, not best case because we wouldn't be in playoff scenario. We, we put him in, in the bye week, week 11. And I think what happened is you had a quarterback who again, was in a system, like you said, not ready for. And I think Steven Ross, when Tua came in against the jets, he heard, wait a second. We haven't had that sound Mm -hmm. in Miami in a long time. And again, that, that's just speculation. But again, I don't think even though two was amazing in college, like he wasn't in a system to where he can just go in right away. He was in a, a certain system for three years at Alabama and you expect him to go in while he's rehabbing and to start after, you know, what, six weeks in the NFL. Um, yeah. I think you're going to see completely different to uh, not only physically, but just like mentally um, because like, you know, we talked about uh, the interview. I feel like all of us have talked about it on our channels, how he, he goes on. He's like, I didn't feel like I knew the playbook that well. Mm-hmm. Really, um, really well. Really, really <laughs> well. It's not they didn't know the playbook. Because <laughs> a bunch of people are like, how could he not know the playbook? There's a difference the between knowing a playbook and understanding how to get in and out of audibles, how to, how to check, alert, all of There's a difference between, I'm sure he knew the playbook, right? I, I, I'm positive he knew the playbook. Um, and also he took blame for other people which that's what leaders do um but like where i was where where i was going with this is like i can promise you that this two way you're going to see is going to be much more of like a i understand everything about the offense rather than if i go to the line of scrimmage and this play doesn't work i myself i'm not confident enough in in this playbook to know how to get in and out of it so like that alone you saw that with the denver broncos game the Denver Broncos game was the fall of, of the offense in Tua's eyes because, again, they gave, they gave Tua a watered-down version because he didn't know it really, really well. Tom Brady came out and he said he didn't know the Tampa Bay offense. said it was like speaking Spanish, but he still did his thing um, because the offense they were running, they would have three on one side and like Parker on the left, and they would have a certain route combination on – the right and then Parker would be on a go on the left and to his job it was this simple you look if there's a single high safety you look them off and you throw the 50 50 to Parker if there's a double safety then you throw to one of the three routes on your right and the Denver Broncos figured that out and they would disguise a single high safety and then all of a sudden Tua started stuttering started not trusting himself getting sacked and all of a sudden they're like we're gonna put Fitz in there that's what and Brian Flores wanted to run an up tempo offense, which Tua runs perfectly. Chang Gailey said no. I don't reason uh he didn't want to. Gailey didn't want to. So it's like a lot of blame gets put on Tua. And again, come listening to me now, it sounds like I'm a Tua lover, Tua Near, or Tua Stan, whatever the hell you call it. Criticism. There's no there's ton. There's I've said it. You can go watch the film breakdown. He stares down his receivers a little too much. He burps the baby, pats the ball a little too much. He has to trust himself, but he does do good things. A lot of people said he didn't show it. He didn't show he has it. Did they not watch the Kansas City, the Arizona Cardinals, the New England Patriots game where he single-handedly won two of those games? Like, what it are you talking about? Because that Cardinals game where Chan Gailey wasn't there and Gotsi was the offensive coordinator – he was playing out of his mind, running out of the pocket, making Buda Baker game. miss. Second like, game, too. Like, are you like, yeah, his first game, everyone's like, oh, he threw, I think he threw like 90 yards. Like, oh, he sucked. He went up against the, his first ever start was against the number one defense and not even the number one defense week one where everyone's rusty. The number one defense week six where everyone's <laughs> like, 
their motors running. All right, we're good. Let's do this. Against the rookie and, quarterback, which makes them better automatically because they're and he's got Aaron Donald getting his first sack of like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and that was my number that was my number one for like my biggest critique of Chan Gailey. Like some people say play calling, and in my opinion, is every coordinator is gonna have their times where like you don't call the perfect play. Like that's it's just impossible to always call the perfect play. For me, what my problem was with Chan Gailey and and curious what your thoughts are on this i was more upset that when he saw something work he didn't stay with it because what i saw and again i'm not i don't think i'm the only one when tua was going no huddle Mm -hmm. which means the the defense isn't allowed to do these complex looks they're not allowed to sub that quick get their package in when tua was going no huddle he was just tearing people apart like need i remind people of the cincinnati game where the first half, it was like, oh, whew, this is hard to watch. He comes out the second half, and it was like he was like carving. Car- and I know they're the Bengals, but at the end of the day, you look at the difference one half to the other, and it's that stuff that bothered me. It's I was like, if you see something work with your quarterback, and I think the problem with Chan is, first of all, he's an older coordinator, mm-hmm. and you know he's been doing this for a long time. You're not going to change him. Um and again, like I just think the issue with with the offense last year was it was too catered to Fitz, and then it was like Tua comes in here. It's like, yeah, let's just hope Tua can run what Fitz runs instead mm-hmm. of let's have a plan for what you know what the hell Tua is going to do when he's in here. Um, and again, yeah, that's that's a perfect point too because a lot of people like to compare Tua's first year to Tannehill's first year. Because Tannehill did this and Tannehill did that. Well, Tannehill's first year, the the Miami Dolphins literally hired his head coach as the offensive coordinator. So it's like they kind of made sure that he knew what the heck was going on in the NFL. So yeah, and that's not again. I understand why they did it too because that's not Brian Flores' game. He's not going to again. I don't think they anticipated to playing as much as he did. No one did. Mm-hmm. COVID hit. That's just the reality of it. Brian Flores was like, let me get in a guy who is going to help Fitz be the best Fitz he can be because he's probably going to play most of the season. And mm-hmm. when stuff happened, whether it's Tua coming in, the crowd reacting the way they did, they want to see Stephen Ross or, or the coach or GM want to see him play. Like, again, I understand why Changeli was the coordinator. I just wish there was more of a, um, a switch or an adaptation to what Tua did well. Um, because there were things Tua did well that they didn't continuously do. Like, again, we both saw Tua go out there against Patrick Mahomes with the weapons we had, no huddle, Tua go out there and try to win us this game. And he came damn close. close. Okay, if, 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 the, if the Chiefs don't get that punt return touchdown, Dolphins won that game. Oh, yeah. I know, obviously, it's like a, it's a, it's a what if. Yeah. But I'm just talking real, like in theory, like Tua was not, bad i would argue Tua outplayed patrick mahomes he with the weapons he had mm-hmm. so again i just tell people like give it time two is not like you touched upon a, a great a great point with whenever they had the up tempo with Tua, because for the longest time when it was you know a minute two minutes before the half i'd always think of the dolphins you know we'll try to get points but then we'll we'll end up taking a knee and then just going into the half. But for some reason, when two was in there, they always got at least three points. They always got at least a field goal. And because, like you said, they would do the no huddle to try to get some points before the half. And they'd always, like I'm telling you, go back and watch. They always would get a minimum of three points out of that. Oh, and it always, it would help. It would help peak over to getting a win. And that had a lot to do with running a no huddle with Tua. Yeah. And, and. Um, I think when I, I talked about, I did a podcast episode talking about what changes I expect to see in our new offense, aside from different, you know, person, people that we have on the team, um, the dolphins, I'm not sure if it's 26 or 28 or vice versa, but when I, when I looked at statistically how our tempo was speed wise and how much pre-snap motion we ran, which is two things that always will help a quarterback because it helps give what the tell you what the defense is running. The Dolphins were respectively, I think, 28th in tempo, mm. and, which is like from, from end of play to next play, 28th in tempo and 26th in pre-snap motion. I think we only ran pre-snap motion 6.7% of the time. So like 
again, when you have players now on the team with Jalen Waddle, Albert Wilson, Will Fuller, they need to utilize speed. I was watching a video, uh, Steve Sarkeesian was talking about offense and he was like, you can't have guys standing still because you and I, Doug, we're the same speed as Jalen Waddle when we're standing mm-hmm. still and he is. So like, that's my goal. I just want to see more tempo instead of what Chan Gailey would do, which is plays done, go to the huddle, up, everyone stand still, hike the ball off. No, I want to see up tempo. I want to see motion. I want to see Jalen Waddle running from one side of the field to the other before the play is called. Those are things that I uh, anticipate the Dolphins doing. Uh, what do you What are you wishing, I guess, from a I guess, play calling standpoint or just overall scheme wise to see with our offense next year. Just more of more, more of what works, because like you said, once they noticed that the up tempo, not the up tempo, but the motion worked, like you saw it a lot where it would be pistol formation and either Bowden or Gazicki or Grant when he was in there would motion. Because what that does is it tells, are they in a zone defense? Because if they're in a zone defense, that corner is not going to follow the motion. If they're in a man defense, and then it really helps to show the quarterback what he's looking at in front of them. I, I honestly think that they're going to go back to what worked with Tua. They probably watched a lot of tape of what worked with Tua. And I talk about this all the time, that New England game, they ran a ton of RPO. And the reason that it was the first time in two years we had a rusher over 100 yards was because of that RPO and how efficient Tua can run the RPO. Mm-hmm. He was the one who dictated who got the ball. Am I giving it to the running back? Am I keeping it or am I throwing it? And it really helped them move down the field and it really helped open up that play. So I expect a lot of that. I expect a lot of the probably the offense that is that he ran in Alabama because Najee Harris talked about that when he, cause he was at the um, senior bowl. He didn't play, but he got his hands on the playbook. And he said that what Godsey and Studsville are running is a lot of what they ran in Alabama. So it's, you know, they're really trying to predicate this offense towards Tua. So that's why whenever I hear the rumors of, Oh, the dolphins are interested in Watson or the dolphins are interested in Aaron Rodgers, I just ignore it. Because yeah. why are they building a playbook around one player if they want to why move they on? Why did they get Charlie Fry? Why did they get Alabama teammates? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think I'm pretty sure and when I'm saying this that it's correct. I think Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer, excuse me, midway through the season or like midway through two of playing, went on like publicly on the Rich Eisen show and was like, yeah, they're not even running like the offense that he knows. I think he was like, yeah. Tua has to learn. Tua basically last year had to learn a different way to play football. I think that's the way he worded is like Tua's not playing what Tua's good at. You 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 got a guy fifth overall because he was good at A and mm-hmm. you asked him to do B. And mm-hmm. I think that is going to be just huge again. Yeah, you got weapons. That that's awesome. And I I expect them to be very big impacts, but you got to get Tua in a system, which I think they're going to do that makes him feel confident enough to go out there and ball out um, week in and week out. So I think that's going to be huge, uh, huge for this team. So let's get into some contracts real quick uh, uh, to finish off because I feel like it was like no contract talks for the Dolphins. And then all of a sudden the last like weeks, it's like, you're getting money. You're not getting money. You might get money. And it was just like, we're no longer talking about Jalen Phillips or Jalen Waddle. We're like, ah, oh, is this player going to be on the team or, oh, this player is going to be on the team. So anyway, Jerome Baker, just talking about a little, we'll talk about Baker and Gesicki. Um, Jerome Baker, new deal, three years, 39 million, doesn't start till next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's making about 2 million this year. Um, so it's about a four year, uh, $41 million deal about 28 of it guaranteed. Um, what were your thoughts on Baker signing his contract uh, for both ends on the Dolphins side and on his side? And with Mike Isicki drafting the same year, do you anticipate him being the next one in line? I was surprised. I know it happened on a Sunday and I was genuinely surprised that they did it. Like I expect a lot of if other guys are going to get signed and if uh um, Xavier Howard situation will get resolved. I expect it to happen now because they're going to, they're on a break till the 27th right. of July. Um, I was surprised. I, and especially the amount of money now way contracts work. You always look at the guaranteed. So if you look at the guaranteed, he's making like around 9 million a year. Um, 
but we don't we don't know how it's structured they still haven't released how it's structured you know when is he getting this when is he getting that so if you look at it in a whole it's about 13 million dollars a, a year which is sixth in linebackers now i like jerome baker i think jerome baker fits this defense really well seven sacks last year they really knew how to use him when to use him yeah. but he is not the sixth best linebacker in the nfl so to pay him 13 million that's why I like at first when I made my video, I was just like indifferent. I was like, all right, well, I'm glad they kept him. Um, and I see how much they kept him, but let's see how it's structured. And someone commented, uh, make a decision or have an opinion. And I'm like, oh, I don't have opinions unless I get all the information right. and we still don't know. <laughs> um, but it, it's a lot. If it is like around that much, if he's getting paid next year and the year after, a good chunk, like 13 million. It's a lot for the style of linebacker he is. I didn't think he was going to get re-signed uh, after he had his press conference and he said, you know, he wants to retire Dolphin and play here forever. It's it's like, oh, that's nice to hear, but you're you're horrible against the run. Uh, and you can't shed blocks if your life depended on it. You know, we need someone who could do everything back there. So I thought it was a lot. And as for Gazicki, I hope they re-sign him. He's not a good inline blocker. So when he's on the field, it really does dictate what we're running. Yeah. Like if there's a, a two tight end set and he's out there with Smythe, you know, they're not running the ball. It's going to be play action. But if, you know, Shaheen or, or Hunter Long is out there with Smythe, you're like, well, could be a run. It could not be a run. Um, I hope they resign him. But if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised because I know he's probably going to want around 11 million a year and the style of tight end he is. I don't see that happening. He's, he's like a Jimmy Graham, and I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, with, with Jerome, I think, I mean, dude, like uh, you and I both know, like, with, with free agency and, like, re-signing people, like, it's like you have to pick your – you either don't get the guy or you do have to overpay. I agree. I don't think Jerome is – like, I like Jerome, similar mm -hmm. to you. I don't, I don't really think I've ever, like, seen someone who doesn't like Jerome Baker. They may not think he's, like, amazing, but, like, mm -hmm. those people like Jerome Baker – um, I agree with you. Like I thought he was overpaid. Um, however, when I look at the other people in his class who are going to get paid, especially the people who aren't first round picks with that fifth year option, like Fred Warner and Darius Leonard, um, like those dudes are going to command. I mean, they're two of the top. I, I could argue they're one and two at linebackers mm -hmm. at their respective position. They're going to command a lot more money than he is. And even though Jerome's not worth that much his agent if that if they didn't get this contract done his agent's going to be like look they got 16 17 per year we want at least 15 yeah um and 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 when you have the money to sign a guy that's good right not great but when you have the money to sign a guy that's good on your team um you do it and you know again they overpaid for it uh i i believe but at the end of the day, again, I'm, I'm happy we're able to keep a player and we do have money next year. Like that's another yeah. thing that I think after the signing, we're projected to have, again, depending on how much, uh, yeah, it's like uh, depending on how much we give him, obviously we don't know the way it's structured uh, still, which is weird because it's been like a week. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what are y'all doing? Uh, but yeah, it's like around like 50, 52 million right after the signing. Um, so he still got it. And then with Gasicki real quick, uh, you know, I'd be curious. I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent on it, or I'm not indifferent, but I don't have an opinion or what I believe yet on it because I said you're gonna have to wait till like week four or five because I think personally, unless it gets done before the season, which it easily could, you'll know if Mike Kosicki is gonna be on the team based off how they use him. Like if they're yeah. using him like they've been, or with a lot of, if they're basically using him as the primary tight end but how they would use Hunter Long, that's how they're using him. Assume he won't be on the team. Um, but if they're using him with Hunter Long and you're seeing a lot more of just Mike Kosicki as a slot tight end, if that makes sense, I think you have a good chance of seeing him on the team. Uh, and I, I would like him on the team um, personally. I think he, especially if Tua connects with him, like that's mm -hmm. going to be the key. If Tua is utilizing Mike Kosicki and if they're a good connection, Mike Kosicki will be on the team because they've, shown that they want to help to out obviously mm -hmm. want to um but for me it's one of those situations where i'm like 
I, I just don't know if they didn't draft Hunter Long. I think we'd all be like, yeah, they'll probably keep him. <laughs> Man, when you draft Hunter Long and he's a dual threat, probably the best. Uh, obviously, I don't know how good he's going to be in the NFL, but when he's probably the most balanced tight end you have, and you've shown you like balanced tight ends in your scheme, um, you know that's not really too too good of a look for Mike if you're Mike Kosicki. Uh, but you know, only time will tell in that situation. So going to the final point of conversation, man, that God, I hate talking about it. I hate talking about it because you're going to offend someone or like, it's like you have to face the reality of the the situation at hand. Xavier Howard speculated basically from the end of last season, I think is when we, it was even during the season, we heard like Xavier Howard and his agent are going to want a new contract in the off season. Bunch of speculation about it. Mandatory minicamp comes um doesn't show up so i guess the big question one do you anticipate them to sign Xavier howard and two if you were the dolphins would you sign Xavier howard um this is a hard one because the the combination of him and and byron jones is just incredibly dangerous and one of the main reasons he got the 10 interceptions he did um i i I don't know what they're going to do in all honesty, because I didn't, I don't expect, I didn't expect them to sign or re-sign or give certain players contracts that they did. So maybe that's a good sign that they're going to do it with Xavier Howard. Um, If I'm the dolphins, I give him an incentive based contract. Um, He, the amount of money isn't his problem. What I'm hearing, it's the guarantee because now the guarantee has gone. So after this year, they can cut him, they can trade him, they can do whatever they want with him and they have no more dead cap that they'd have to deal with. So that's what I'm hearing is the guaranteeing part. So if I'm the dolphins, I would add more guarantee on there. Fine. You know, we want you for another year or two, Um, but then make it incentive based because he has uh, you know, it's the same thing with Devontae Parker. We gave Devontae Parker a contract extension. He had a thousand yard season, did fantastic. And then this past season, he fell off and he was banged up here and there. So give him incentive based. The amount of games you play, you get a certain amount of money. The amount of interceptions you get, you get a certain amount of money. Um, if we make the playoffs, you get a certain amount of money. Make it an incentive based contract where, okay, we'll give you the more money. You know, you're still making, you know, you know, I think it's sixth or fifth over, uh, you know, cornerback money. Uh, but yeah. And, and if it is a problem that Byron's making more than him, be a better teammate because yeah, Byron doesn't get the interceptions you do, but Byron is a big, big, like point and big reason you get the interceptions you do because he shuts down the other side of the field for you. Yeah. Um, but so, so, you're, so you're not sure if they will sign him, but if you, if it were you, you would sign him with a more incentive-based deal. I would, I would, I would throw a contract at him that is team friendly, that isn't overpaying, and that covers my butt in case he gets injured, in case he falls off, because that that that's what Byron should, uh, I mean, Xavier should have done, play this year, and then sit out next year if you want, because all of a sudden your guaranteed money's gone. So show, you know, hey, I deserve to get more money because I had 10 interceptions last year and now I got six or seven this year. Like I'm still very productive. He, he did it wrong. Whoever his new agent was, he, he did it wrong. He should have played this year and then he, you know, then do what he's doing now next year. Um, so, yeah, I would try. I'd sit down and talk with him, which it seems like that's what the Dolphins do. They did it with. Uh, the baby Minka Fitzpatrick. They did it with uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah. They sit down with these guys and they talk to them. They say, we want to keep you, we want to give you a contract extension. And then when they say no, they trade them. Right. So they're probably, that's as much as it sucks to hear, that's probably what they're going to do. They're probably in this month, they're going to sit down with Xavier Howard and his agent and say, we want to make this work. What would work for you? And they're going to say, however ridiculous amount. The Dolphins are going to say, no, how about this? And they'll say, no, they'll go back and forth. And if they can't come to a conclusion and Xavier Howard is offended or whatever, and he's like, I'm done negotiating and they'll trade him. Yeah. Which I, suck, I, but it seems like Noah is doing really well. It seems like, you know, a lot of these guys are stepping up. So maybe that is even more of an incentive to potentially trade them. Yeah. They're going on a month break. Uh, it's around like a, 
um, a little over a month, I think. Um, like, I think personally, you're going to know, like, by the, the first day of training camp, he's either going to have the new contract or be traded because mm-hmm. you, the last thing you want any coach is to head into training camp, which is so important with distractions. So, yep. like, I think, one, similar to Mike Kosicki, how we'll find out when the season comes. I know that's a, a cop-out, but, like – by by the beginning of training camp his ex is either going to be on this team or not i i to be honest i don't think uh if i were the dolphins unless he's willing to do what they uh want to do which i agree with you i i said it should be incentive based look i because i don't think they disagree with the money like i think they understand they paid jerome baker they paid people like van noy and eric flowers who didn't even couldn't have gotten it like i don't a lot of people say, oh, they don't want to pay him. No, they want to pay him, but the dude has had incidences off the field, which we don't need to talk about. He's had a lot of injuries, right, the, with the track record, played four games, Brian Flores' first year. Missed the last – or no, he played – he missed 11 games, Brian Flores' first year. The year before that, when he got his new contract, he missed the final four games when we were in playoff contention. Has had injuries all throughout his career, off the field issues – I think personally, Chris Greer with Noah, again, we've seen Chris Greer likes to gamble. He likes to take chances. If X is going to sit out um, and he's not happy with an incentive-based contract, I don't think, I have no reason to believe that they will sign him. Um, As a Dolphin fan, I want him on the team Mm -hmm. because I want my my team, uh, like obviously you want your team to do well. But I came to this revelation. I, I, I'm a lose like so. I plan my podcast like while I'm falling asleep. I think about like what I'm gonna talk about, and I like came to like the realization that like as a human being, right? This is not as a dolphin fan. I want him to be signed. I want him on the team. Mm-hmm. I hope I can. I can't stand people like this. And I know like I'm pro players going to get their money. If you mm-hmm. and I were football players, go get your money. If Two years ago, you did not just agree. Like, here's the reality of the situation. You and I as Dolphin fans have to realize that we don't know if our best player is going to be on the team and his teammates don't know if he's going to be on the team all because he chose a contract and he agreed to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, not only is it one thing to agree to a contract and then not be happy with it only two years later, it's another thing to hold out because yeah. of, because if Xavier and Howard were at mini camps, right. And he was like, look, this is an off the field thing. We'll get it figured out similar to how Jalen Ramsey did, right. Wanted a new contract when he got traded. If that was a scenario, I'd be like, okay, still not a hundred percent on it because again, one good season, I know he's been good, but if you're not on the field, it doesn't matter. Um, so for me, I'm like, man, as a human being, I just, I can't, stand like honestly he's just honestly like if i can just say he's been a pain in the ass really Mm -hmm. for his entire career here and again the highs are worth the lows but there are those lows where like you go into every game you're like he could get injured again the difference between him and Devontae parker is x when he's at his prime is one of the best in the game Devontae in his prime when he's healthy is like top 15 but like they're the, same. they're the exact same. <laughs> so like, um, you know, like uh, it's just again, I want do, it, do what Emmanuel Ogba is doing. You know, that's what Emmanuel I'm saying. Ogba, oh. he, he's there. He's he's. I want a new contract. His, he, you know, why he's there? It's because his agent is Drew Rosenhaus, who's yeah. who's an actually good agent. I don't know because last season, in the middle of the season, Xavier Howard fired his agent, got a new one. I don't know who this new agent is, but. He's doing it all wrong. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. He's doing it all wrong. Yeah, and again, if I'm the Dolphins, and I know people will have a, a problem if he's traded, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, it I, it just rubs me the wrong way when players do this. And I understand, like, look, like, they're players and they want to get the most money. But we need to understand, like, Xavier Howard at the same point, like, when he signed his old contract, it's not like he made, like, $5. It, it was $26 million guaranteed at signing. Like, the dude – He's made money and I can understand if you want to get paid more because you had that one good season, but like, I don't know that rub that rubs me the wrong way when players choose that 
they are going to put their own needs before the team. Like you can come to practice and still want the contract and tell them, like you can tell them flat out, I'll come to practice. If the season comes and I don't have it, then I could like, like, let's get a deal done. I'm giving you guys two months to get this deal done. Let's, let's make it happen. I'm like, dude, you're not, you're not even coming to practice and making an effort. That's just not a good sign to me. Um, and again, I want him on the team, but like, man, I just, I don't know. It just, it, it just bothers me, but it's hard to say that as a dolphin fan, because people think you don't want him on the team. Yeah. It's like, it's not that I don't want him. It's just like, again, I, I also care about the type of player he is. And if you're the type of player that two years after you got a new deal, it's not like he's like, you know, wanting a new contract cause it's expired or it's coming up, like mm-hmm. just signed it. And I just have an issue with that. And I, and personally, I don't even think he deserves a new contract. I'll go out even as far as that. And I, maybe that's too far to say, I don't, again, you had a really good season. No one doubts that you should have been defensive player of the year last year, but what else? Again, I told you the track record missed the final four games was mm-hmm. out 11 games the year before that domestic violence incident, which is nothing to, to, to shrug off mm-hmm. was involved in an incident of potentially this off season where it was his friends. He knew them or something like, again, I personally don't even think he really deserves. And that's hard to say you don't deserve to get paid more, but again, I don't really think it's not like Jalen Ramsey where it's like, consistent every year yeah. healthy they're playing shut down it's like yeah you're great when you're on the field but you're not on the field that much last year was lucky it was Devonte parker 2019 it was luck and i don't know i get heated about too i'm sorry <laughs> I, I get i get i mean we're jersey people so like you <laughs> i mean dude it just like it it bothers me because again if you want to do your money on the side and you want to talk about that that's fine but there's no reason for you to not show up while it's still going on because that's a private thing right that's something Mm. that you can you can do both um and i don't i i think like personally and i could be wrong by july 27th i think is the day they start and i could be wrong on that i'm not sure exactly what july 27th is the by 27th um i i i i hope he's on the team july 27th wouldn't be shocked at all if he was traded um which sucks but like, again, I, I, I just, I hope that doesn't happen. It's just, I don't see there being a scenario where Chris Greer is like, Hey, just gave you a contract. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, give you a new one while you're holding out of camp and stuff. Like, no, they, they, they drafted Noah for a reason. I don't mm-hmm. think we'll be Xavier Howard, but let's not forget they planned for this, which hats off to Chris Greer for planning for it ahead of time. Dude, <laughs> I just went on like a 50 minute rant. I'm sorry. Uh, I just get like, it, it, it's hard when you, when you like, like a player a lot, yeah. especially like on the field, but um, you know, uh, and also what do you think like compensation would be for him? Like if they did trade him, some people say multiple first between no. the new contract and the injury history. I think if you get one first and maybe a third or fourth, you, you do it. Uh, I think what the dolphins if they were to go in that venture, um, get a first and a player, you right. know, um, or something like that. Or like, like you said, a first and a third or something, because he still has a lot left to give. He is turning 28 though. Um, but corners tend to last long, you know, Byron, um, Brent Grimes played for a while. Deion Sanders played for a very long time. Um, but he ain't getting two firsts. He's, Maybe, I don't know, maybe you just had 10 interception year. Maybe you could get two first. I doubt it though. Um, I think you get a first. That's why I, I was I was surprised. I thought maybe the Dolphins would have done it while the draft was going on and like a dream scenario. And again, I didn't want to get rid of X, but a dream scenario would have been to trade him to Dallas. Dallas. And then take Patrick Sertain Jr. Okay with their like just be like hey we'll give you Xavier Howard you just give us your pick and then we take Patrick Sertain Jr. and then give him friggin' his dad's number and just See, that would have been dream scenario but my, my dream scenario was I hoped they traded him to the Cowboys said keep your first this year we'll take it next year mm-hmm. and give us either Michael Gallup because I didn't know mm-hmm. him to be a wide receiver because I like Michael Gallup um or I forget what their backup running back is 
I like their backup running back, and I think he's better than honestly Zeke at this point, maybe. But I didn't know. I was like, if you can get a player that's that's played and you know they're doing well, um, and then they're the Cowboys. So yeah, get a first round pick. <laughs> you know, it's like the Texans, but a little better because they're America's team. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm curious to see what happens, but for sure, I think we both agree that like by the 27th of July, he's either going to be signed or off the team. I personally, I think that. Yeah, that, that's no reason to. You got a month to figure mm-hmm. it out. I think you'll see it with all of them. Emmanuel Agba, Gazicki, and um, Xavier Howard. I think that all will get resolved in the next month. Right. Yeah. Cause I, and, and again, they could make the contract next year too, with yeah. like they did with Baker. Like a lot of people say, how are we doing this? We don't have money. You keep them where they are now, maybe give them a, some more guaranteed this year, but put their contracts to next year. Cause again, dolphins have a lot of money next year um, under the anticipated cap. That and the- what they could do too is say they do they you know they really do like Melvin Ingram, they could re-sign um, Emmanuel Agba and take some of his contract this year, so they can be like, all right, well we're going to re- take your contract now, rip it up, and we'll give you a new three-year contract with this amount of guaranteed. But this year, instead of getting, I think he's getting like ten million this year, instead of you getting ten million, we're going to give you seven. Give you get another money. three, and then they can give that to Melvin Ingram. Same thing with Kaziki. We'll take and you know they can do that. Well, all right, we'll keep you on the team longer. You get more money, but right now we need more cap. And then all of a sudden, the Dolphins go from having eight million in cap to like fifteen, sixteen. All of a sudden, they go after a running back. They go after you know they could do something. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's it's a dead time of the year, but it might be inter- it no. might be interesting, and it might just be dead. And it's yeah. me making top ten videos on my YouTube channel. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, dude, it's hard to figure out your like information. You're like, uh, what do I expect to see from each rookie? <laughs> One episode <laughs> each. Like, I might, I, I might, it might get to that point where I'm like projection. Um, like, <laughs> and the most, you go back real quick to Xavier Howard before I give you my uh, last thing. I just quick, quick thing. Um, the more balanced our defense is, people need to understand this. The more balanced it is, hopefully, with uh, a safety who knows how to play, is is a, a safety, right? No mm-hmm. shape with Bobby McCain. He was a nickel corner, and they asked him to do safety. And hats off to him for sticking it through, but he's not a safety. Mm-hmm. A safety help and edge. The more balanced your team gets, the less you need Xavier Howard. Yeah. Because not every team has Xavier Howard. The, the, the Bucks don't. The Chiefs don't. The, there's a lot of teams that don't. If Tua can progress and your defense gets more balanced, the the less and less you need Xavier Howard. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see if they feel good enough about Noah and their defense. I, uh, you know, I don't. I trust Brian Flores to to figure out defense. Like if he feels good about their progress, you know, X out. <laughs> anyway, um, last thing, just quick thought, uh, quick. Uh, ex- expectations for the Dolphins 2021 season doesn't necessarily need to be record because a lot of things could change, but just like what are maybe two or three things you want to see come February next year? What are things you want to say? You looked back and this happened. This is what the Dolphins accomplished in 2021. Uh, progression. I would just like to see the team progress, you know, get better. They did it from 2019 to 2020. They took a huge jump, five-game um, change. I'd like to see it again. You know, you don't have to get 13, 14 wins, but if if they get 11 wins, that to me, that's progress. I want to see progress, and I want to see progress on the entire team. All these players that uh, struggled a little bit or need to show something to show that they are worth keeping, Christian Wilkins is one. Um, show that progress. Show that you're, you're doing something different. Um, that's one. Uh, I'd love to see playoffs. We should have made the playoffs last year. And no, I'm not saying the Buffalo Bills game with Tua is the reason we didn't make the playoffs. I will say that the Seattle Seahawks game with Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason we didn't make the playoffs. You're 10 and 6 any other year, typically. You get in, especially with seven seeds. Last year, literally everyone that got in the playoffs last year was 11 and 5, I think. Mm-hmm. That's not, that doesn't happen usually. I just went on a, a I, I think it was Wednesday, I went on a Colts. Uh, YouTube channel and he was talking about that and he was like I think we took your spot I was like yeah man you did 
congratulations <laughs> i hope you're happy yeah. he's like he started laughing i was like we were hoping for you guys to lose but you guys were playing the jaguars that wasn't happening and then we were hoping for the browns to lose but that didn't happen so yeah but yeah uh, my expectations overall um as you said progress even like 10 and 7 i know that's technically one more loss but like i want to see like you remain good mm-hmm. that makes sense like at least remain good and get better because the last thing I want to see is regression, but mm-hmm. even if you maintain what you did again, like I feel confident that like, Oh, maybe it was because two of them play well, um, which could, you know, that could happen. Maybe it's because of something else an injury, but like if we can maintain a good record or I see that we're competitive again, if we're going in games and like two of plays very well, and we're just losing by a field goal with like two seconds left, like, I can't be upset because I'm like, I know our team mm-hmm. is going the right direction. Obviously, I think we all want to see Tua develop. It doesn't, he doesn't, let's just set the expectation now. If you're listening to this, Tua does not need to be an MVP this year to have a successful season. Um, when people expected him to be Dan Marino in year one, you, you set yourself up for that. Yep. So he doesn't need to be an MVP. I just need to see him go out there and be less conservative uh, you, I hope that they utilize Tua the right mm-hmm. way. Um, and as a defense, I want to see us become more balanced. I don't want us to rely on X either making an interception every game or Brian Flores needing to cook up a perfect blitz in his laboratory for mm-hmm. us to get pressure. Um, if you, again, just if you think about the possibilities of this defense, if you can rush just four and get pressure, it's like, oh my God, if you can rush four and get pressure, I guarantee you, you win at least two more games last year. Yep. That's the fact that you were relying on Jones and Xavier Howard. I hope to God your coverage is spot on this play because it's just you guys. You know, there's no <laughs> safeties. Or if there is a safety, he's biting a crossing route and then John Brown's running all the way behind him. So more balance. I want to see progression from Tua and I just want to see us remain competitive like we were last year. Um, even if it's just 10 and seven, which is technically one more loss, mm. can we not go from 10 and six to six and 10, you know, mm. can we 10, six and 11. What is it now? I think it's, yeah, it's six and 11, which six is and 11. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just my, my hope, but um, that's it, man, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for talking dolphins with me on this Friday night. I know it's kind of later there for you. Um, I'm up late anyway. It doesn't okay. really <laughs> yeah, but thanks, man. Appreciate you. Got to have you on again sometime in the future for sure. Yeah, man. It was a blast. You know, we talked about some really good subjects. So yeah, I'm very excited up. to come back. Yep. Dude, take care, man. Appreciate you. All right, bud. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.